Hey, howdy, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of Journey into Paul's Imagination. It's going to be a packed one. We have a lot to talk about while I break down my entire view of arguably my favorite race weekend, Springtime Surprise Weekend, um, along with finally got to check out uh, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, along with another brand new restaurant over on Disney property, along with plenty of park news, plenty of entertainment news, three movie reviews, there is so much to talk about, and I don't want to waste any more time, so let's get right into it. Before I get into all my Disney park news, um, on the Universal side of things, um, Poseidon's Fury over at Islands of Adventure is closing permanently on May 9th. Um, I don't really care too much. I'm not really a big fan of it. Um, I only went for my first time maybe two years ago. Um, personally, I've always thought that that whole area should be rethemed anyway. So maybe this will be uh, kind of the the transition to that. Um, but I'm sorry for the Universal fans that are that are a fan of that area and of that uh, walk-through attraction, whatever you would want to call it. But let's get back to Disney because so much to talk about. First things first, over on Cruise Line is Disney Band Plus is being introduced on Disney Cruise Line. Um, from what I understand is you can purchase your Magic Band Plus, uh, or your Magic Band Plus that is purchased at Walt Disney World or Disneyland will work on the ship, but I don't believe Disney Band Plus will work at Walt Disney World. Um, but it is pretty exciting. I think it's really nice to be able to use your Magic Band um, while you're on the ship, just so much easier than carrying around your room key. I don't think I ever tried to even use my magic band. I just use my room key, but, um, it's a lot easier when you just have your magic band to, uh, to utilize over at Disneyland. Um, we officially got the date for Splash Mountain's closure over there, which will take place on May 30th. Uh, so just another, month and a half and Splash Mountain will no longer exist in the United States. Um, so that is coming soon. Um, also found out that Pride Night is coming to Disneyland after dark, um, which looks really cool. A lot of people are really excited about it and I don't blame them. It looks like a great event. Um, surprised it honestly took this long because I believe they have this over in Disneyland Paris. Um, so it's going to be on June 13th and 15th. Um, there's some information online, um, if you're interested in that. Um, I think that's all we have over at Disneyland. I'm trying to rush through. Oh, no, we also got, uh, Rogers the Musical. will debut at Disney's California Adventure beginning on June 30th. Uh, there's going to be some originals, uh, original musics, musicals that are also going to come out with that show. So, um, more to come there. Back to Walt Disney World, really the biggest piece of news that we found out in the last two weeks is that annual passes are finally going back on sale. Um, as of April 20th, this Thursday, uh, Disney Incredipass, Sorcerer Pass, and Pirate Pass will resume and be uh, available for purchase this week. Also, beginning April 18th, probably when you heard, listen to this episode, annual pass holders can visit the theme park after 2 p.m., without needing a park reservations, except for Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom. Um, in terms of just APs going on sale, if you are contemplating it, do it. 
get into the cycle where you know you'll forever be able to renew as long as you continue to have that pass. It's so worth it. I've told a lot of my friends that aren't like, maybe don't live as close by or unsure about it. I tell them, I'm like, while they're available to purchase, it's worth having. Um, You'll never regret it. My annual pass is one of my favorite things I own. Um, I, I just couldn't see myself without it. So if that's something that you're considering, highly, highly recommend going ahead and purchasing this week. We don't know how long they'll be available for either. So don't count on them being available for months on end. They could be just available on Thursday and sell out. They could be available for the next month. They could be permanently available. We just don't know. So I think it's better to play it safe, try and get it as soon as possible on Thursday. Um, so that way you have it and you can go to the parks, you know, within the times that are available. Um, over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, we found out there's going to be new destinations added to Star Tours in 2024. Some that we haven't even seen in a Star Wars movie yet. Um, I'm not thrilled because I was really hoping this attraction eventually would dwindle its way away. I feel like it doesn't really fit Hollywood Studios anymore now that we have a full-fledged land theme to Star Wars. Um, but clearly, that is not the case, as that will uh, will be returning. Or will still be here. Uh, over at Animal Kingdom, we'll soon be celebrating Animal Kingdom's 25th anniversary um, with limited-time merchandise, which looks really cool. Some of the merch looks great. Um, there is some new commemorative uh, food items. They're going to have special photo pass opportunities. Um, and then also different uh, wildlife or wilderness experiences, um, learning to draw characters, all sorts of fun like that. Um, so definitely a reason to be excited to go to uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Also, we found out some new characters are meeting there. Tinkerbell and Fawn, um, they're currently meeting there. Blue and King Louie are back meeting at Animal Kingdom. Um, I, a while ago, they were meeting um, permanently. They haven't, as of recent, I think post-COVID they weren't. So it's nice to see them back. And then also Brother Bears are on the, uh, the little boats around the park. So that's really cool and really exciting. Um, I definitely want to go and check them out, see them, see them there. So that's all for Animal Kingdom. Um, next up at Magic Kingdom Park... Uh, they added a Disney 100 statue. Um, not the biggest fan of it based off pictures. I will get to see it on Thursday when we get to go see Happily Ever After. Um, but that is there. That replaced the 50th anniversary sign. Um, so yeah. We also heard there was some news that broke on Twitter this past week. It's not really news, so I take this with a grain of salt. But basically, there are rumors that are kind of floating in the air that Disney is reconsidering retheming or they're considering retheming Frontierland to fit a New Orleans square type of land surrounding uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, um, leaving Big Thunder Mountain as like a landless attraction, which might ease into the whole expansion project that they mentioned at D23. Um, I don't hate it, honestly. Because right now that whole, like, Frontierland just doesn't fit. Like, Big Thunder and Tiana's Bayou Adventure, they don't fit the theme at all. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind 
a New Orleans Square type land. Um, it would have been nicer if it fit where um, I'm drawing a blank on lands right now. Um, but I, I just I don't love the placement of it, but it does still work. Um, it would fit the, obviously the theme of the land, so we'll see. Still, like I said, grain of salt. We'll see what happens. Um, but those are the rumors currently. Um, we also got new information revealed about Tiana's Bayou Adventure. And of course, I do not have that information, um, in front of me. We did get basically like some pictures of some of the animatronics to expect. Um, it is going to be an animatronic heavy attraction from what we've heard. So I'm very excited about that because that was part of what I loved about Splash Mountain so much. Um, a lot of practical effects. They didn't, it wasn't just screen based. And I think that's what made the attraction so great. And hopefully what will make Tiana's Bayou Adventure so great as well. Um, over to Epcot, uh, Garden Grill Breakfast is returning on June 14th. I'm very excited about it because to me, the best meal at Garden Grill is breakfast. Um, if you haven't been, I highly recommend it. I think it's one of the best breakfast options at Walt Disney World. Um, and it's coming back. So very, very excited for that. Um, we also released information about Epcot's Food and Wine Festival 2023. It's going to go from July 27th to November 18th. Um, we really didn't get much outside of the dates. Um, there is a, uh, a Pluto's pumpkin pursuit, a pumpkin scavenger hunt that's going to take place <clears throat> through uh, the end of September through October 31st. So that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, not really much, just the date. So if you're a food and wine person, go ahead and start planning those times to come to, to the festival. Also over at Epcot, um, there will be a new Guardians of the Galaxy Skyliner popcorn bucket that is actually now available um, for purchase. So if you're a big Guardians fan want another popcorn bucket, um, that's currently available over at Epcot. Next thing we found out, and I've, I'm sorry, I feel like I have so much to get through. Um, Trails End has officially closed. Um, it is no longer in operation. They kind of just shut the doors and that's it. There's no information on when it's going to reopen as a quick service location. It is a bit sad that they just closed their doors and that was really it. Um, that's why when it was first announced, I just, we rushed there to have breakfast because you just, <clears throat> certain restaurants, you just don't know. They could just close their doors like they did. So um, I'm a bit sad about that, but uh, who knows what it'll bring, um, what it'll bring soon. Before I get into some of the halfway to Halloween news, um, there's also over in Disneyland Paris a new Mexican restaurant themed after Coco, which I think is really cool. I just wish the food was a lot better at Disneyland Paris. Um, but it's exciting if you get to go over there and you love Coco. Um, so that is coming over there. Last piece of park news. I know I've gone through so much, um, but we got the foodie guide to halfway to Halloween and... It's not really much new. Like everything that I've seen is pr pretty much things we've had. Um, Gideon's Bakehouse does have some new things for it. They have pumpkin cheesecake snack cakes, which actually look delicious. Um, other than that, over at Walt 
Disney World, there's not really much. I am bummed that they have an Oogie Boogie Rice Krispie Treat and a Jack Skellington Cake Pop at Disneyland. Um, but they always get the good food, so I shouldn't be surprised by any of that. Um, halfway to Halloween, it's all this week. So by next week's podcast, I'll have plenty more news to talk through. Um, I would anticipate at some point this week, we probably get some information on when Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party tickets go on sale. So if that's something of interest to you, just keep an eye out on the news this week because I would very much expect at least a date or more information about it. Um, I would expect tickets to go on sale probably relatively soon considering those um, that starts in, in, uh, in August. So keep an eye out for that. On to our entertainment news. Um, like I said, with Star Wars uh, Celebration, got quite a bit of uh, Star Wars news. So, and I'm probably butchering this, but Akiyote, maybe that's what it is, uh, is releasing on Disney Plus in 2024. We also found out that Daisy Ridley, who plays Rey, will lead a new Jedi Order in three new Star Wars films. Um, it's really all we heard about i know there's probably mixed reviews um not the biggest star wars fan to have too much of an input but it does it has felt weird after the three star wars sequels like not knowing when the next star wars movie is going to come so at least we get to know we'll be able to see star wars on the big screen again soon uh star wars vision season two is releasing on may 4th on disney plus pretty last minute uh release from what we heard uh ajoka is arriving august 2023 on disney plus um trailer looks pretty good i'm not super familiar with her character as i haven't watched really any of the animated series but i know this is a highly anticipated show for star wars fans um and it looks good so i'm gonna tune in and hopefully for someone who has not watched the animated stuff can still be able to get through it and enjoy it uh, there's a new Crater movie that releases May 12th on Disney+. Plus. Um, we also received a report that The Little Mermaid is confirmed to have a two-hour and 15-minute runtime. That is almost double um, the amount of the animated film. So typically, we've seen the live actions go longer. So, And I know that we have heard that some of the wording and some of the iconic songs have changed. So um, intrigued to just see what that movie will turn out to be. We received the second trailer of Peter Pan and Wendy, which actually releases next weekend. Um, I'm just so thrown off by the fact that these characters don't look like what they do in the animated film. Um, between Tinkerbell not having blonde hair, Captain Hook just does not feel like Captain Hook. Um, Peter Pan, I, I know Peter Pan's a child, like, like he's a child in the story, but he feels like very, very, like, very, very childish in this. Like, it it just feels very weird. Um, it just doesn't feel like a Peter Pan story. I don't know. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I really, really enjoy the movie. But just from what I've seen, I'm not, wouldn't really say I'm overly excited. More so intrigued. Last piece of entertainment news, we got the first trailer of the Marvels. I think it's considered the most disliked trailer over the first 24 hours. 
I don't think all of it's warranted. I think there are probably a lot of people out there that just don't want this because it's a woman-led Marvel project, which is wrong. I don't like the trailer just because I think it looks really cheesy. <clears throat> I do think there's going to be eventually be a better trailer that's released because I'm excited for this movie. Um, I think Kamala Khan's character is great, even though I didn't really care for Miss Marvel. Um, I love Monica Rambeau. I loved her in WandaVision. Um, and I think Brie Larson as Captain Marvel gets a little bit too much hate. So I do think it can be a good movie. It's just the trailer. It's just, I don't know. It feels very unserious. Not that it has to be a serious movie, but um, we'll see. We'll see. The first trailer didn't really get my attention. I'm still excited as a Marvel project, but um, it definitely took some excitement away from me um, seeing that trailer. All right, now that I got some of the news out of the way, um, which that went quicker than I, I expected, so maybe this episode won't be as long. Um, I got three movie reviews. So let's start with the first one, which is Air, starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Um, basically, this movie is about ultimately the creation of Air Jordan. Um, it's about a time when Nike was not the premier basketball shoe, or even shoes in general. Um, Matt Damon's character is basically scouting out the next uh, rookie basketball player to look at signing, and he is basically head over heels for Michael Jordan. Um, and you get to see how he, on the Nike side, fights to make sure that they get this basketball player. And, I mean, obviously, we, we know how it turns out, but... It ended up, it just was a really, really good movie. Um, surprisingly, right now, it's, I think, the funniest movie of the year, which was very unexpected. Um, it is a slow burn, and I'm not normally one for slow burns, but it's really funny, has really good emotion, and I really enjoy how it showcases sports business in an entertaining way. It's not special, but it's a it's an enjoyable film. I think anyone will, could like this movie. The cast is great. Um, really, everyone nails their roles. The script was excellent. Um, and they did a good job of like foreshadowing what was to come at Nike and kind of even poke fun at it. Um, I thought Chris T Tucker's character was hilarious. It just, I going into this movie, I didn't expect it to be it's not a comedy, but there's so much humor in it that just works really, really well. Um, it is a slow movie, so it's entertaining, but not overly entertaining. Like, I could see someone kind of <clears throat> not losing interest, or if you're not, if you just have no desire in what's going on, it's probably fairly easy to lose interest in that sense. Um, there are also a few scenes that, I just didn't really understand what the purpose or what was being spoken about. And the end does kind of drag out quite a bit. But overall, it's a really good movie. Highly recommend. One of my favorite movies of the year. I have it as an 8.7 out of 10. The next movie that I saw was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. This was a movie I had no intentions of seeing. Hated the trailer. Um, but the reviews came out and the reviews were really good. All my friends wanted to see it. So I went, and I just don't understand the excitement about it. 
I think it's a fine movie. It's got really good world building, and the humor is, it's good. Um, but the plot is super simple with just a lot of unnecessary scenes. Um, I feel like fantasy people will enjoy it. This just wasn't my cup of tea. Chris Pine is really good, but I think without him, this movie, I would have fell asleep immediately. Um, I just think he's, like, he's just dragging the whole film. He was hilarious. He, his character was great. Um, there are some really, like, good fun action scenes. Um, and the world building, I really, really do like. I wish we could spend more time in, like, certain parts of uh, the movie. Because you have, like, a lot of parts of the world that you just don't get enough time in. Um, but the cons for me, it's just... Some parts of the movie are just, like, blended together. Um, and they don't make much sense. But then when you look at the general plot, it's just too simple. Um, the first hour is just a bit slow and boring and sometimes confusing. And then there's this one character, uh, Zanks, I think is his name. Uh, he just wasn't in the movie long enough. So it's just, I think it's a movie you could skip. Don't really get the excitement behind it. I gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Maybe people who enjoy fantasy films <clears throat> will enjoy it more than I will, but I don't think it's a special type of film. I also don't think it's one that you have to go out of your way for. I apologize. I'm making sure I give myself a, a second to drink some water. I'm like talking so fast. But the last movie review that I have is probably one of my most anticipated movies of the year, which is Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Um, and if you've ever played a Mario game before, this movie is a must watch for yourself. Um, this movie absolutely lived up to the hype. It's not a perfect movie, but it's probably one of the most fun movies that I've watched in the last few years. Any video game fan will love it. Any Mario fan will love it. Um, they, they did Mario and this whole world justice. Um, Illumination had a really heavy task. I mean, to create a Super Mario Brothers movie... I mean, you knew how many eyes were going to be on this movie and how critical everyone was going to be, and they exceeded expectations. From the anime, I mean, the animation, this is arguably the most visually stunning animated film I've ever seen. It is incredible. Like, the way they just bring this world to life is just breathtaking. Um, <clears throat> I don't have too much great things to say about all the voice actors except for Jack Black as Bowser. He was incredible. Like, he, he is Bowser. Um, I think they did such a good job at, like, incorporating the video games into the story because that was one thing I was curious. Is like, how do you turn these games that don't really have much of a story into a full-fledged movie? Um, and they did such a great job just the way that, like, you have, like, Super Smash Bros and Mario Kart, like, brought into this movie. Like, it just works so, so well. And it gets you, like, giddy and excited about seeing these scenes in the movie. Um, I was impressed with how funny the movie could be. I didn't think it, like, it. the humor lands really well. Um, and I thought Toad's character was hysterical. He was so, so good. <clears throat> One of the few cons, I mean... The story is pretty basic, um, and it, it's, it's rushed. It's a 90-minute movie. 
Do I understand? Absolutely. It's, you can tell the movie is geared towards kids. Um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's pretty safe to say that there's going to be a number of sequels that are built upon from this movie. And that's why I'm okay with it. Cause they like just scratch the surface of what they can do with all of these characters. Um, especially the dynamic between Mario and Luigi. Um, when they were together, they were great, but we don't really get like, they're split apart for most of the movie. Um, which is a bit disappointing. So unless this movie becomes a standalone and this is the only one that ever is released, which I highly doubt, this is a great like introductory um, film to this world. Um, I think there's a lot they can do. There's, if we got a Nintendo Cinematic Universe, I would be thrilled <clears throat> because they did a great job here. So Overall, I gave it a 9 out of 10. It's really, really good. It absolutely lives up to the hype. Um, I think it's a movie that anyone can enjoy. Definitely, definitely, definitely go see it. After watching the film, it did make me think, though. And I've kind of seen some TikToks about, you know, like, what Super Nintendo World is coming to Universal Studios Orlando. And it's like, what Universal IPs do they own that we wish were in the parks. Like now, like Nintendo, before this movie came out, Nintendo wasn't considered a universal IP. Um, now it, it kind of is with Illumination. But it just makes you think like a lot of the new properties that they bring into the parks aren't their own. Fast and Furious, uh, or not Fast and Furious, um, Harry Potter, that's not their own property. Um, there are some things in Epic Universe that are rumored that aren't their properties. Um, and there's also the conversation to be had of like, <clears throat> when you look at Disney and why some people love going to the Disney parks and why they keep going and going and going is the nostalgia. I mean, you have mo uh, you have attractions that were built from 1971 that are still there, that our grandparents went on, that... You know, our parents went on that we go on and we can keep passing from generation to generation. Universal Studios doesn't have that. They tend to a lot of the older attractions, ones that you would consider timeless, they flip them into newer properties. We've seen it recently with Shrek 40 being closed for a new Minions attraction. Um, really, the only like nostalgic attraction that's still there is E.T. Um, so it made me think, like, what, if I had to pick, like, what Universal IPs that I would want in their parks, like, what would I pick? So number one for me would be Dream a Dream World there, uh, DreamWorks area. Um, I would love a Shrek Dark Ride. I think the fact that there's not a Shrek attraction at Universal Studios Orlando is, it's just unacceptable. Like, I, I think it's <clears throat> arguably the biggest and most popular, like, universal movie, especially in animation. Um, I know outside of Despicable Me, because Despicable Me now is huge. <clears throat> but I think that's a must. Um, I think also in that DreamWorks area, you could add a Madagascar show, a Kung Fu Panda show, a Trolls Kids ride. I mean, there's a lot of creativity that you can add to it. Number two um, would be a show based on the movie Sing. Um, I loved Sing too, and I think 
it's a perfect like way to bring live entertainment to both of those parks or one of those parks. Um, they have some shows like the Jason Bourne show is great, but there's not a lot of those types of shows that you could sit down and enjoy. And I think Sing is the perfect franchise where you can bring that. Uh, number three that I wrote down, we have a Fast and Furious attraction, but I think everyone would agree that we would love a Fast and Furious thrill ride. Like, the, it's very hard to find, I think, franchises where you can say, okay, like a roller coaster fits. Fast and Furious is one of those properties. The Fast and Furious attraction supercharged ride should have been a thrill ride. Um, and that's a big reason why a lot of people don't like it. So I would love a Fast and Furious or a Fast and Furious like test track type attraction. Um, I think they get really creative and make a really awesome ride. Number four, just the oldies. And a lot of this is stuff that Universal Orlando has gotten rid of. Jaws, Back to the Future. Um, movies that, I mean, we have Jurassic Park, which is great. Bring back some of these older, uh, older iconic films and let them their presence be in the parks. Number five, give me a Flintstones walkthrough. I loved Flintstones growing up. Um, I don't think they would ever build a Flintstones area, but I'd be all for it. Um, and when I would growing up watch Flintstones, I would always think about Universal. Um, I just wish they would take advantage of bring them here. The next one that I love and I would probably buy Universal Annual Pass if they did anything related with these characters is the adventures with Rocky and Bullwinkle. Give me something Rocky and Bullwinkle. I would be thrilled. I think that would be an awesome addition to the parks. Um, another movie when I grew up, just automatically connected to Universal. Would love to see them here. Number seven, I have update Seuss Landing to reflect the live action films. <clears throat> I love Seuss Landing. Um, I just wish it was catered to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the live action. And the Cat in the Hat live action. Do I think this will ever be done? No, because those movies are already 20 years old. Um, but I think they would just work really, really well. And I mean, though, Seuss Landing is already great. Um, I just, it's a personal thing that I would love. Um, and number eight, I know there's, you know, talks about Universal Monsters section in Epic Universe. I would just love an additional horror section or just an attraction with like the iconic horror movies like Halloween, Chucky, The Purge. Um, and then there's a lot that they can do outside of just the classic horror movies. I mean, I know Halloween's an, an older film, but really it became a universal property when the new movies came out. But anyways, that's just some of the recommendations I'd personally have. But all right, <clears throat> let's start getting into the really the last weekend that I had at Walt Disney World because honestly it was probably one of my favorite race weekends or one of my favorite weekends that I truly have ever had um at Disney before I got into it I was in such a Pixar kick so um I watched every Toy Story movie this past weekend and of course just naturally I rank everything so I had to rank all the Toy Story movies um preparing for Sunday for the Toy Story 10 miler and I should kick that off so the springtime surprise weekend theme was everything Pixar um so I ran a Monsters Inc 10 can 
Saturday with Lindsay. And then on Sunday, I ran a Toy Story 10-miler. So I watched Monsters, Inc. 2, um, but also watched all the Toy Stories. We were getting to, <clears throat> getting ready to eat at Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. So I'm like, I just want to be in a full Toy Story mode. So here's my ranking, and it's pretty basic. Um, my least favorite Toy Story film, which I don't think is actually as bad as I thought it was when I first watched it, was Toy Story 4. Um, I do think it's overhated. I don't think it's a great film. I don't think it's a good, I think it's an okay film. It introduces some pretty good characters. I do think Gabby Gabby is actually the best villain in the Toy Story franchise since Sid. Um, I know, like, I love the design of Lotso, and I think that's the draw with him. Um, the Prospector is also another villain, like, love the design, but Gabby Gabby is one of the few villains, or not the only villain, that you can sympathize with, like, in the Toy Story franchise. And it's like, once she gets what she wants, like, she doesn't drag out for more. She's not really evil. She just wants to be loved. And it's, I think the writing for her as a villain was done really well. Um, I think what throws people off for this movie is <clears throat> it doesn't have the charm that the other Toy Story movies have. We lose a lot of the characters that we see. Like Toy Story 4 was big into introducing, I think, new characters and relying on them to carry a lot of the movie. Um, we don't. We definitely lose out on a lot of the original Toy Story characters in this movie, outside of Woody, um, Buzz, and uh, and Bo Peep. Um, but it's not a bad movie. I think, in terms of just using Buzz and Woody, I think this is the best, like best dynamic of Buzz and Woody we've had since the first film. Um, in the second film, we get basically, or really in two and three, we get a different version of Buzz in both of those movies for a large chunk of the film. Um, I like rewatching them. I forget like how often they like mismanage Buzz. And it sucks because growing up, he was one of my favorite Disney characters. Um, so it was just a bummer how they like mismanaged his character. We're here, like he actually, he's done justice. He's written well. Um, he actually feels more of a hero that we kind of think of him to be. Um, the animation of this movie is just taken to another level. Um, <clears throat> it's just sidelining the characters, lacking the charm. Um, Forky as a main plot point was silly. We don't really build any more connection with Bonnie and the toys, which I feel like if you were going to continue this franchise, you needed to do. Um, so the, there's, I, I get it. I just don't think the movie is as bad as people think. I also, after watching all four movies back to back to back to back, I don't hate the decision of splitting Woody and Buzz. Um, that being said, now that Toy Story... Five has been announced. I'm excited for them to hopefully regroup them. Um, but in two and three, Woody is at times looking to leave the rest of the toys. Um, and in four, he finally gets to make that decision and move on on his own. Um, so I think it makes more sense. Like I hated it in the moment. I was pissed off about it. But rewatching all of them, um, it makes sense.
but it's still my least favorite. Number three, Toy Story 3. I feel like each Toy Story movie just kind of took a step back every single movie. Toy Story 3, animation takes a major leap from Toy Story 2. It's an emotional film. This is the the one that, like, you're going to be sad. I mean, I was emotional watching it over again. Um, Lots is a pretty good villain. The Ken arc doesn't really make much sense. Um, the ending's dragged out a bit. I I think they mess up Buzz in this movie by taking away his normal personality. Um, I do think the movie is carried quite a bit by just having such a perfect ending. And yes, this should have been the end of the franchise. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this movie is quite as good as everyone makes it out to seem make it seem to be. Um, Sunnyside is a better place to to host the movie. I still don't think it's great. Um, but we do get to see a lot of the characters um, throughout the whole movie, which I think is a, a part why a lot of people like this one is you kind of get a feel of everyone in this one. It's not like you really sideline anyone outside of I feel like you sideline Buzz just by not having his normal personality. Number two, uh, Toy Story 2. The most fun Toy Story, in my opinion. <clears throat> it's not the best, but it is easily the most fun. Um, parts of the story drag. I enjoy in this one where you start to see more of the characters come about. Um, some parts are, you know, they just, they don't, they're not needed. Um, I think the prospector villain story feels pretty obvious, but it's a good fun film. Um, this is one where you just watch and you're just, you just enjoy yourself. I forget how many like scenes I remember from my childhood just watching this movie. But the best Toy Story movie, in my opinion, is the original. It's classic. It's a great story. Yes, it feels like you're playing a video game, but it just <clears throat> it's just the best story for the movie. Um, the, the world building's the best. It's just such an awesome film. Um, one of my favorite Disney films of all time. So um, made me really, really excited watching all these movies and just preparing to uh, run my race on that Sunday. So this is what I was doing in between the weekend, um, which is cool and all, but I'm sure you're wondering, all right, like, what did I do? So let's start with, and this is really good. If you're ever interested in a run Disney event, I feel like this is a good breakdown of like what you would expect your, a race weekend to look like. I know a lot of people are always on the fence, and it's hard to register. It's a lot of money. What do you expect? Like, what do you get out of it? So Thursday, um, and this weekend felt like a true race weekend for me. Running two races, um, I've only done this twice. I've done springtime surprise weekend now twice where I've done two races, but this one felt really good, like back-to-back days of running. We had a lot planned, did two dinings. Um, it just felt really, really great. Um, so on Thursday, I went to the expo, which basically the run Disney expo, it's located at ESPN wide world of sports. It's where you can purchase your run Disney merchandise, uh, both general merchandise and merchandise themed towards, uh, the specific races that are there. They also have a lot of photo opportunities. They also have characters that you can meet. Um, you also pick up your bib, which you do need to pick up there before you run, um, they also have different vendors where you can buy a lot of times the vendors are selling stuff that's geared towards running. 
Um, there's, I think, Fit to Run will sell like running merchandise, um, running shoes. You'll have some people selling running shorts or specific costumes to run with, uh, shock headphones, running headphones, all stuff like that. So it's always a lot of fun. I love, love, love the expo. Um, it's so much fun. And actually, while I was there, I got to take a a first look at um, the challenge theme for the 2023 Run Disney Virtual Series. It's the Disney 100th medal. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Once I, like when I saw it online, I'm like, oh, this looks good. But it kind of looks like a cardboard cutout <clears throat> in person, so I'm indifferent. But anyways, um, the expo's a blast. And this year, I mean, the merchandise was really, really, the merchandise was okay. Um, sorry, I like was looking at my computer. Um, the merchandise was okay. I got a nice shirt, which I was pretty happy about. They did have a good spirit jersey too, but I'm just over a lot of the I did it uh, shirts. Um, it was the least busy expo I've ever been to. Um, I went Thursday at like 1.30, which typically is still busy time. But I mean, it was it was pretty empty. Everything was available, merchandise when I went, which typically is unusual Usually you'll start to see some things selling out first thing in the morning, um, but a lot of the merchandise, majority of it was still there. The merchandise there was better than Princess. Like I really didn't like any of the merch for Princess, um, but it wasn't as nice as Marathon Weekend, which I thought Marathon Weekend had awesome merchandise. <clears throat> so it was kind of like right in between. There's an there's some nice stuff there where there's stuff to pick out, but not anything where I felt like I had to go crazy. Um, the characters that were there, and I only met one character, so uh, George from Monsters, Inc. was there, which was really cool. I'm a sucker for rare characters, um, and my biggest worry really this weekend was being that it's a Pixar-themed race, how many rare characters do they have? Um, so I was really excited at the expo alone to get to meet uh, to get to meet George. That was really exciting. They also had Woody and Bullseye that were meeting over there. So, I mean, it was cool. It was a nice time. Um, very relaxing expo, which is unusual. Normally, the expo is busy. I'm, like, anxious to see what merchandise is available. Totally not the case this time. Very relaxed, um, which was nice. It was a nice change of pace. So that was that. That was on Thursday. Friday was the only day I didn't run, which was the Cars 5K. Um, so to celebrate, because we, we did take off, um, we ate at the newest restaurant at the Walt Disney World Dolphin Hotel, which is Rosa Mexicano. Um, it's actually, we didn't realize this, it's a chain Mexican restaurant located up the Dolphin. Um, it took over a quick service location. So it's like, once you walk into the left, it's like kitty cornered. Um, but this was a place I was actually pretty excited for. I thought their lunch menu looked really good, which is why we specifically went for lunch. Um, so yeah, like many mes Mexican restaurants, started off with chips and salsa. We added queso. Um, everything was very light, refreshing. The flavors were a bit different than usual. Like <clears throat> the salsa looked different and just, I don't know, it, it didn't feel so heavy. Um, the queso was pretty good, but again, light, not like a lot of times when you get queso, it's very, very heavy. Um, this is not the case. For my entree, I got the torta carnitas with salsa verde. 
Lindsay got the uh, birria, birria queso tacos. Um, I was personally let down by both dishes. I thought they both were seemed a bit burnt and dry. I don't think they had much flavor. Lindsay enjoyed her burrito tacos. What I tried of it, I didn't think they were anything special. I just thought both entrees were underwhelming. So the entrees weren't great, but I thought the restaurant shined with the sides. We got the uh, mac and queso, which is arguably the best mac and cheese on Disney property. The only one that I can say like compares to it is the mac and cheese at Chef Bart Smith's Homecoming. Other than that, like this is up there. It was great. Um, Lindsay also ordered the sweet corn, which is also filled with flavor. Um, so the sides were good. It just, unfortunately for me, I didn't really love any of the entrees. Um, so overall, I thought the food, it, it's hit or miss here. Um, I wouldn't say you'd come here and order anything and enjoy it. I think there are certain things you might like, certain things you might not like. Um, there is a, like, it is a pretty good menu. So I do think there are items to pick from. The ambiance, it feels very vibrant when you enter. Like, it feels like it's going to be a very trendy restaurant. But then when you walk in, like, it feels very bland and just copy and paste of Amari. Like, they pretty much look the same just on <clears throat> in different hotels, ultimately. Um, it's not a bad option for lunch. The prices aren't bad. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily come back. If I did, I would come back for the sides. Um, overall, I have it ranked 76 out of one. Well, now it's 77 out of 107. It's, it's fine. I just think there's better Mexican options. However, though, at least for lunch options, it is pretty affordable, um, compared to the other Mexican options on property. So, um, if you're looking for something affordable and you want to try something, you might find something on the menu <clears throat> that I didn't try and like. I just don't think I can confidently say anything on this menu um, is enjoyable because I I was let down quite a bit by the entrees. So that was Friday. Um, but then I had to get up early because we, we both had to get up early uh, the next morning. So we went to bed uh, early to get ready for our Monsters, Inc. 10K on, uh, on Saturday morning. I was excited. I know Lindsay was a little bit nervous because – it was her first 10K. She was worried I was going to make her speed through it, which I did not. Um, and I'm not going to lie. The Monsters Inc. 10K out of the two races I ran was my favorite race of the weekend. I mean, getting just to run with Lindsay and get to run a longer race with her. We have only run part of this two races together. We did last year's Expedition Everest 5K, which was actually cut short due to weather. And then we ran a cast 5K with all of our friends uh, for Christmas, which was nice, but like this, getting to run a run Disney event, um, on a longer one with that was really, really fun. And I, I just loved it. And I, the 10 K to me is my favorite race. Like I, I think the 10 K is the per, I will always be an advocate for the 10 K. I signed up for the 10 K for Walt Disney world marathon weekend. Um, I have the 10 K for wine and dine in the fall. I feel like it's the perfect, like worth your money. Um, it's more affordable than the half or the full or the 10 miler. Um, a little bit more expensive than the 5k, but I think you get more characters. <clears throat> it's a challenge, but not to the point where you, you feel like your body is like going to be done for the rest of the weekend. 
Um, I just feel like it's a perfect race. But anyways, um, we got to run through Epcot, Boardwalk, Yacht and Beach. It was a really fun course. Um, some of the characters, or all the characters we saw for this race, um, before the race, we got to meet Wally, Mike and Sully, and Mater. By the way, the Wally meet and greet needs to come into the parks. It is such an awesome meet and greet. Um, I went to go turn and like just say something to him and see if he answered, and he did, and it was just so, so cool. So if anyone from Disney is listening, please bring Wally to the parks. I love that meet and greet. Um, and by the way, so when you get to the race, they do have a station beforehand um, <clears throat> where you get to like meet characters, basically get ready for the race. Um, so highly, highly recommend for race day, get there a little bit before 3 a.m. Because those lines for characters before the race get long. So anyways, back to who we met or who we saw. Wally, Mike and Sully, Mater, Jesse, Merida, Dapper Mickey, Carl, Woody, Needleman from Monsters, Inc., Frozone, Polka Dotted, Minnie, Chippendale, Remy and Emile, Pinocchio, and Pluto. Out of those, we got, I mean, we got, I told you the three we met before the race. And then in race, we got to meet um, Needleman, Frozone, Remy and Emile, and Pinocchio. So we got to meet some cool characters. Um, Needleman, to me, was the, uh, obviously the most rare. Didn't even know you could meet him. So that was really cool. Um, the Remy and Emile meet and greet was great because it was like right near, um, right near the attraction. Pinocchio had the whole backdrop of Italy. So, um, there's some really, really cool meet and greets. Um, and I just overall just, I just enjoyed this race. It was more fun in my opinion. I thought the characters for the amount of characters that were there were just overall better. Um, then on Sunday, I ran just by myself the Toy Story 10-miler, which that went through Epcot, Epcot, the Boardwalk, um, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and then we also got to do World Drive for some of it. Um, the plus side with the 10-miler is you get more characters. Um, before the race, uh, Wally and Mater were still meeting, um, but also I got to meet Buzz and Woody. Um and then also George was there as well. So I only, before the race, I only met Buzz and Woody since I had met everyone else already. <clears throat> In race, though, uh, there was Lotso, Miguel, Carl, Russell, Donald was in a tuxedo, Daisy, Edna Mode, Slim from A Bug's Life, which was a really cool meet and greet, um, Mickey and Minnie in front of the Chinese Theater, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, they had Tower of Terror cast members, Flick, Princess Ada, Jesse, Barley and Ian from Onward, which that was probably um, my favorite meet and greet of the weekend. That was the one where before this weekend started, I'm like, I want to meet Barley and Ian. So I was really happy that they met um, Army Man, Chippendale, Goofy, Sully, Frozone, and Bo Peep. So <coughs> for the number of characters, I was a little let down by who did meet. Um, but it was still a really fun race. I mean, it's a Toy Story 10 miler. Getting to run through all of Hollywood Studios was a blast. Um, and obviously running through Toy Story Land for Toy Story 10 miler was so, so much fun. They also, um, 
I forgot to mention this for the Monsters, Inc. 10K, which is another reason why I thought this was so cool. They had four town from Turning Red performing literally during the race, which I thought was so, so cool. I'm not really even a big fan of the movie at all, um, but it was really cool. Um, but going back to the, to the 10 miler, it was fun. I just, I felt like a lot of the character meet and greets this weekend were very redundant. Normally each day they'll go ahead and they'll change up the, uh, the meet and greets. Like they'll completely take away a set piece and put new ones the next morning. They didn't do that this time. They were reusing a lot of them, a lot of the characters in the same spots every day. So I was a little let down about it. Um, they also didn't have any meet and greets in Toy Story Land for a Toy Story 10 miler, which I guess they were probably expecting it'd be too busy for those lines. So they opted out of it, but I thought it would have been really cool. But overall, the medals were great. Um, the Toy Story 10 miler medal is probably one of my favorites that I've ever gotten. Um, and the races, they were a lot of fun. I felt great after my, like, I ran 16.2 miles this weekend, and I felt great. Like, I, I probably wish I ran a half yesterday instead of a 10-miler. So it was just, it was a lot of fun. The, I mean, the races were great. And then yesterday, um, after the race, we got to go to Disney's Hollywood Studios to celebrate. Um, and the park was empty. We walked on Alien Swirling Saucers. Maybe waited 10, 15 minutes for Toy Story Mania. Walked on a Tower of Terror at like 6 p.m. Um, after what I will talk about next round at Rodeo Barbecue, we ran over to Fantasmic, got there like three minutes before the show, and literally sat right in the middle of the theater. It was awesome. Um, Rise of the Resistance at one point had a 10-minute wait. Like, this park was so empty. Um, and it was great. I got pictures in Toy Story Land. It was awesome. But to conclude the episode, I have to talk about Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, Disney's newest restaurant over at Toy Story Land. Um, the newest, like, in-park restaurant in I don't know how long. Um, there was, And they're truly, like, I knew there was going to be no better way to celebrate Springtime Surprise Weekend and finishing my Toy Story 10-miler than eating barbecue at Toys, uh, at Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. It was my most anticipated new restaurant of the year, so I was pumped. Um, and this place, I mean, it's it's not perfect, but if you're a Toy Story fan, you're going to love this restaurant. Um, the food's not out of this world, but it is better than expected. I think if you compare this to other barbecue spots on Disney property, I do think it's better than most. Um I don't think the meat selection's as good as others, but I think the sides really step it up for this place. And the ambiance is great. It's very interactive. Um, it's just a beautiful dining room, probably one of the nicest on property. Um, and it's, it's just so much fun. Like, I just had a blast being in there. Um, it didn't start off so magical, though, I will say. We did wait about 50 minutes after checking in to get seated. Um, and normally I'm pretty easygoing, but that did tick me off. I mean, 50 minutes is a really long time, um, to be waiting. And our server, he was MIA quite a bit, um, <clears throat> while we were there, took a little bit too long at times when we were clearly, you're sitting for 50 minutes, you're starving, you just want to eat at that point. Um, 
so that wasn't great. But I do hope that gets worked out, you know, as just more time passes with the restaurant. Um, sitting down, I was most excited for the Prospector's homemade cheddar biscuits with sweet pepper jelly. Um, <clears throat> this is the the biscuit service that comes before your entree, before the meat service, and it didn't disappoint. One of the freshest biscuits I've had. I didn't know how to feel about the sweet pepper jelly, but it's really unique and really good. Um, they were delicious. They were great. Salads, not so great. Um, they were forgettable. I maybe had a bite, and then I was like, whatever. For your main course, um, by the way, it's family style, so it's all you can eat outside of the desserts. Desserts, you get to pick one thing. Um, but the main course, um, the platter, the pork sausage, one of the best I've ever had. Not just at Disney, but anywhere. Um, and their chicken was tasty. It was better than most on property. However, smoked ribs and beef brisket, probably some of the worst I've ever had. Um, so the, the platter was very hit or miss. Two things that I really enjoyed and two things that I hated. And they do have sauces. They have, I think it was mild, spicy, and sweet. They all kind of taste the same. Um, and none of them really, like they're fine sauces, but none of them really stand out. But luckily, the sides basically stole the show. Fried pickles were fantastic. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, a dipping sauce would be great, but they are really good. The loaded potato barrels are delicious and have a great sauce on top. Um, the mac and cheese is pretty good. Um, the sauces are, I mean, all the, the sides are really, really good. All worth getting. Um, but then the dessert kind of took a, a, a dip. I don't think the dessert was anything special. You basically, you could either get a forky cupcake or they have like small little mason jars. Um, I got an apple pie one mason jar, which was fine. <clears throat> Lindsay got Bo's lemon and blueberry cheesecake, which I didn't think was good. Um, so, I mean, the food was like some, some parts of the food were really good. Some parts were really not good. Um, there wasn't many things where I was like, this is just okay. Like Slinky Dog's mac and cheese. Like, it was, like, one way or the other. Um, we also got drink, uh We each got a mocktail. I got the frozen cowpoke cocoa, which is, like, a frozen hot chocolate. Lindsay got the Party Source Tex, which is a strawberry lemonade. <clears throat> Both drink options were good. So, I mean, overall, it, it the food is, I mean, you got some options that are really good, some options that are not so good. Um, I still think it's worth going to. That's kind of the beauty of all you can eat is if you have things that you don't really care for, you can push it to the side and eat other stuff. Um, and the ambiance is great. The atmosphere is great. It's so much fun. As a Toy Story fan, it's just like, I don't think it gets much better. Um, if you're a Toy Story fan, like a Toy Story diehard like me, it's a must do. Um, Toy Story, pe people that either don't care about Toy Story you could probably skip it. Um, I'm not in that boat. I'm a huge Toy Story fan. It's one of my favorite Pixar movies. Um, and this is just a perfect way to cap off the weekend. So um, I probably enjoy it more than most people do. Um, mainly for the ambiance. I still think that some of the food items really carry this restaurant, including the biscuits, including the sausage, including the potato barrels. Um, so I have it at 44 out of 107. <clears throat> but all right, I am running out of time. I know this is a lot. Um, 
But anyways, I'm excited because Thursday I get to see Happily Ever After for the first time uh, in a long time. So see you guys next week.